You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and I can't believe that 2024 marks 10 years of podcasting. Over the last decade, I have had the pleasure of talking with hundreds upon hundreds of passionate outdoors men and women who share the same excitement for hunting as I do. Whether you hunt public lands or private property, shoot traditional archery equipment or high-powered rifles, we all have one thing in common. And that's our love for the great outdoors. This year, I plan on continuing that tradition and bringing educational and entertaining content to your ears. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you all have the best seasons of your life. Good vibes in, good vibes out. Mic check, mic check, no foreplay. Episode, geez, what episode are we on? Six? Episode six of no foreplay. Shorter versions of podcasts where we dive deep into a specific topic. And on today's episode, we're once again joined by Jeremy Dinsmore of the Antler Up podcast, which you guys definitely need to check out. Go check out the Antler Up podcast along with the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, along with all of the podcasts on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about how weather impacts deer movement. Um, I think we're going to turn this into a three-part series where we talk about early season, uh, pre-rut, rut, rut, and then late season uh, time frame because the conversation that we have today really focuses in on early season uh, weather and how that impacts affects or impacts deer movement. Uh, before we get into today's topic though, I got to send a shout out to all of the brands that support the Nine Finger Chronicles. If you're looking for a, a saddle, go check out Tethered. If you're looking for a badass broadhead, go check out Wasp. If you're looking for some of the best optics in the game, go check out Vortex. If you're looking for some of the best and highest quality scents, in the market go check out code blue sense uh if you're looking for a habitat tool or a machete or something really durable made in america to chop shit up hack stuff hack weeds half hack branches go check out the woodman's pal Uh, and last but definitely not least go check out hunt uh, huntworth yeah huntworth for in my opinion some of the highest quality and most affordable hunting clothing in the market and uh, of course my new brand fullsneakgear.com go check that out all right that's a foreplay intro there's no there's no messing around here we're getting right into the topic today and that is early season weather 
and how it impacts deer movement. Three, two, one. All right, I'm back on the podcast. Man, that 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 didn't sound right. I'm back on the podcast today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just whatever, right? Whatever. At some point, I don't even need to like worry about this because I've done so many of them uh, that the the percentage of times that I actually do make a mistake are so small that uh, you know, like even the best hitters in the world, baseball players in the world, struck out a lot of times. Right. Oh, yeah. So I just struck out there. But now there's another at bat. It's happening right now. Today on the No Foreplay series, I'm talking once again with Jeremy Dinsmore of the Antler Up podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how weather impacts deer movement. And I'm just going to kick it to you. And I'm going to say, what are your thoughts, man? I, I'm with it. I'm all about it, especially when it's rain some sort of precipitation mm-hmm. i know the the big thing the big law of of uh the big lore of of coldness and and weather drops and barometric pressure but man my favorite dan has got to be when there's some sort of precipitation where i could be out in the woods and it times up perfectly where it stops mm-hmm. and i'm already in the woods at some point in time or if there's some random shower that comes through and i'm already out there and then it picks back up because if i could just go off of even this year i would be i would be a believer just one year but over year after year after year it just seems like a good rain or just even a nice little light drizzle some sort of of rain precipitation your movement just skyrockets yeah i'll even say that in warm temps and there's rain right Mm -hmm. early season october it could be 75 degrees outside and it starts to rain like i always look at it like this what is the hierarchy of weather that's going to get deer to move right right and it always revolves around rain or massive amounts of snow right and so did you just have a massive snowstorm in michigan uh well pennsylvania oh pennsylvania Um, i'm sorry yep yep nope um we we had a little couple inches and we saw some really good deer movement some of my cameras that i still had uh out on cell camera whatever i I was still getting some some good movement and kind of had them in transition areas too that's Mm -hmm. where i like to place my cameras so they were definitely moving trying to find food and and locating that type of stuff but yeah I'm, i'm with you any type of snow rain that is kind of what i really really look forward to okay so let's kind of break this down a little bit and let's let's talk about early season rain and usually i'm not saying every time but usually rain means some kind of cold front is coming through the midwest okay now there's times where it doesn't and it actually the 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 pressure system moves up from the south and the rain comes with higher higher temperatures okay so i'll just kick off what i what i what i've seen over the years right and so anytime there is an extended period of rain i'm and i when i say extended period i don't mean just an afternoon shower i mean a day where it soaks all day potentially so i'm i'm gonna say over 18 over 24 hours of constant rain i have seen deer movement drastic a drastic uptick in deer movement after that long rainstorm 
on the flip side, when it comes to cold fronts, I have also seen cold fronts with precipitation equal uh, an increase in deer movement. But you take the precipitation out and it's just a dip in temperatures in the early season, I don't think that the impact is near as great as it is with a rain event. What Correct. What have you seen? I've seen that same thing in the kind of since the last statement that you said, like with that early season mm-hmm. and, and dip in temperature. When I do see if there's no precipitation is that mid to end of October. Mm-hmm. That's when I'll see a little bit. And I think, too, there's more biological things going on and on with a deer and then just saying that it's cold and let's get up and move type of ordeal. But I agree 100 percent because in September I was out in Maryland this year hunting and it was a hundred degrees on friday of opening day Mm -hmm. on saturday it was low 90s but there was a storm came through dan and it was when i say a storm it was a storm like we had to go for cover Mm -hmm. um while we were out out in the woods and the temperature did drop right it did come with that temperature drop you know high 70s uh low 80s type of ordeal so it dropped 10 12 degrees Man, right after that, that is when I had that 10-point come in, kind of snuck in on me opposite direction and all that stuff. And that was the second day of the season. That is September 90, 80-degree temperatures, right? Yeah. And and then October 7th or whatever that, that Saturday was here in Pennsylvania, it called for rain that Friday before. And then the next morning, obviously, I was going out hunting, and it said it was supposed to stop. I don't know, 6.30 a.m., but it kept going. Mm-hmm. And it rained until about 8, 8.30. Boom, as soon as it stopped raining, deer were up moving. I killed a doe that, like, right away, right after that. I mean, they, it just, they just appear. It's just, yeah. it's it's fascinating to see that. Uh, and just, again, that's just going off of this year with success already of seeing deer movement along those lines. And I agree with you, too. When there's a full 18 to 24 hours of rain, continuous rain, Man, if if that next day uh, falls with a little bit of a temperature drop, but again, if you're if you are able to time it where okay, it's not a monsoon right now, but I could still I could still stay somewhat dry, or my my gear could hold up to to what it's doing and be in the woods because by that point in time, I'm telling you, they just they just start moving. Right. So sometimes I even have to check myself, right? Because I'm not in the the real world anymore when it comes to hunting i can go hunt on a tuesday afternoon or a tuesday morning stay all day if i want to just because that's the life i live now you have a full-time job everybody who listens to this more than likely has a a full-time job whether they're nine to five or they're on some kind of shift work is it worth taking vacation days early season taking away from the rut, your rut vacation, and shifting one of those days into the early season? I think it can if you've done your homework. I mean, I, that, that, Elaborate I think on you, that. Elaborate yeah, on that. So, so what I mean by your homework, I, I'm talking, you know, where, like, this year I really honed in on food, like, with ac- the acorn drop, and yeah. that's where I was very successful this year. So I did my homework with that, and that's where put me in that position with the rain situation of like, okay, I think 
deer will be feeding in the, in this area because of the homework that I did. So I think take, you don't even need trail cameras. Yes, that would be a plus that maybe might help you by checking them. I'm like, okay, deer are here. But if you've done homework and you know deer are living in that vicinity and moving throughout there, checking it, and you line it up with a rain and you're like, man, it could be a potentially good day. Like it's dropping a little bit, eight to 12 degrees with this storm and I can time it. it I, you know, if you're able to maybe get out of work a little bit earlier or you're okay with doing that because it's a, it might be a good deer that you're after. I think you can, I, I really, really do. Again, what I've learned over the years is I, I got burned by those major cold front drops. I just felt like to me, they never lived up to the hype. Yeah. And I know maybe I'm in the wrong spots, right? Maybe I didn't do the, I was just in the, the quote unquote, the right homework per se, but man, it just always seemed like it'd be October 14th or 16th. And it's like, here it comes. There's that 15 to 20 degree drop. I would take off school. I would drive two and a half hours to Northeast Pennsylvania. I wouldn't see crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a, not a highly pressured area and spot that I would hunt. So you would think like my percentage would be a little bit up of even seeing a young buck or something and yeah. nothing Dan. So I've, I've learned to, okay. If the, the, the key ingredient to all that stuff that will help, that will push me over the edge to possibly take that day off is that precipitation along with doing a little bit of that homework. Yeah. And I made a, a couple comments about this, uh, this October when I, we was, talked about it. Yeah. Too, yeah. We, we, we talked, talked about, about it. it. I put a poll out on my Instagram and now it's not like tens of thousands of people but it's a decent reflection I feel of what man I wonder if I have it on this piece of paper I didn't write it down but um here here's what I uh here's what I asked and it is this last cold front it landed on a weekend this past October, right? So therefore, more people were able to hunt hunt it, right? And so here's what I asked. I asked, um, did you hunt this cold front? 70% of the people who responded said, yes, they did. Did you have deer within shooting range? Check this out. 30% of people said that they had deer within shooting range. Of the deer, of the deer, of that number, of that 30%, did you have a mature buck within shooting range? Of that 30%, only 20% said that they had a mature buck within shooting range, right? Right. And so, um, and then I have another one here, but I just have the percentages down. Uh, Oh, here was the last question. If this cold front landed on a weekday, would you have taken vacation to hunt it? 80% of people said no. Right. So what's that tell you? And I know this is a very small scale uh, poll, but it tells you that the hype around cold fronts, it could be as much hype as you want, but the average Joe is not that concerned about it given the fact that they have the entire rut in front of them. Right. So that's kind of cool, man. I I, I like that. I like those statistics. Right. I agree with you. I, cause when you think about it, 
when it starts getting to the 20th of October, no matter what, if you're a diehard whitetail hunt, whitetail hunter, you're listening to this podcast, man, you're, you're fiending to get out, yeah. right? Or you're doing everything possible, especially on those weekends. Right. And if a cold front lines up on those weekends, that's all great and dandy, but regardless, you're still going to be going out no matter what, right? Yeah. Like that was, I mean, it just, that's just the nature of the beast. It, it, sometimes you just say, Hey, these are the vacation days I'm taking that because that's when I could take it or that's, you know, you just have, you're going to be going out certain times of the year. Uh, but yeah, those early, like kind of the re track a little bit of early, early season. If you're hunting September, early October, those first week, like week and a half in October, if you are again on, on your game, as far as scouting and understanding deer movement in a particular spot, and it lines up again with, mainly a rain precipitation i think it it really bodes well for you to get in there at least give it a shot because i mean a good friend of mine a couple years ago when we hunted together we we timed up a rain we're like okay let's get in there while it's still raining and we went to different spots i saw a couple deer movement young young bucks a couple doe he had a a good buck come up over a crest he shot he hit it he didn't recover that buck that year but again it was just like you just started seeing more and more about how rain really affects deer, deer movement. And uh, that is one of the key things that I love to, to look at. Yeah. And so I will say that as we start getting here, here's where I get fired up about a cold front coming through. And it is, I will only get excited about an early season cold front. If I have trail camera data of a nocturnal buck coming close to yep. evening shooting light, right? Let's say he's he's coming through 30 minutes past dark or an hour past dark. I will go and hunt that cold front if I have consistent data from a trail camera. Then I know, mm-hmm. hey, if I get in here, if I ease in here, I'm going to I might have a shot at this buck tonight. But in some way shape or form it's still kind of risky because if that he's not impacted by that cold front and you don't see him, but you're getting down, and then he busts you at the bottom of the tree, or he catches a big whiff of you. It could throw his pattern off. Yeah, for at least a you know a couple days to a week, I, I would assume. Right. Those those ones, like how you said about the evenings, the ones that I find troubling are those morning sits like that. Just because, like, if it's man, it's going to be cold mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, and then it heats up or something along those lines. And like you said, daylighting. Like I had. I had a camera this past year that it's been sitting in the same spot for two years and man early season sometimes it is like clockwork they are just right there right on the cusp of shooting light and it's like man like do, you, do i try but the wind and the access is very tough sometimes to get in there and, and hunt that in the morning uh it's like one of those do, you, do i just finally just say ah, screw it and just go give it a shot and just yep. see what happens and, yep. um but you know i didn't get a chance to do that this year it was definitely on the verge of it could i could do it but uh it's that's the troubling part is like when when do you try that because like i said it in the morning i had a couple of deer where they were right there on the cusp of of um uh you know first shooting light and yeah. i just didn't pull the trigger yeah we're gonna have to break this uh this conversation <laughs> into two different episodes because I want to, because I feel like there's a whole nother conversation about the rut in late season that that mm-hmm. need to be addressed. But as far as 
early season is concerned, is there a date range that you would say like early season movement? Because because why do we call it early season? We call it early right. season because the deer are not as active. You know, like mm-hmm. once the once we start getting into the pre rut because it goes early season, then pre rut. And if you are the type of person who believes in a lull, I do not believe in lulls. Um, nope. And so then it goes from pre-rut to rut, right? What is the time frame around where you, uh, where you hunt, where the deer start to pick up movement to the point of a, uh, a cold front not or being more attractive because it's closer to the pre-rut rut time frame? I would say from October 18th on. Okay. Anything 18th on is is where I'll start to get a little bit more giddy, focusing on what my uh, weather underground is really saying, right. checking like those two type of things. Because like early season on from that, I might be like that first weekend is when I, I could be like what I was just talking about as far as a deer being close. And if there's that cold front like this year, we that's what we had. We had that first when I killed that, that doe, like I said. Um, it, it was that cold front. It landed on that first opening weekend with rain. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh man, I'm going to go to a spot where I had a ton of scrape action of uh, in postseason scouting. And I found acorns there. It was like, dear God, it'd be moving through there. So it's either yeah. going to be a doe or a buck type of sit. But um, yeah, the 18th on, to answer your question, Dan, the 18th on is when I get really excited and kind of start shifting my focus where it's, you know, bucks uh, will be moving and checking things. Yeah. And I'll say this, if, I don't want to say if you're a field edge hunter, because sometimes the only access you have is a field edge, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough to have multiple farms with multiple environments, you know, to to have a true staging area, to have a true bedding area, and deer just aren't working, like they're living on the farms that I hunt, and they're moving around on the farms that I hunt, they're just not cutting through a corner or like a real small acres i'm, I'm lucky with like that but right. i will say that early season cold fronts i don't care how much the temperature drops you won't find me on a field edge you i mean yep. i'm gonna be in some kind of transition i'm gonna be in some kind of pinch or terrain feature that uh either funnels deer movement or puts them on a ridge on that military crest that everybody talks about and so but you know i'm not hunting field edges at all really this last year i did just because the layout of the farm dictated it it's not necessarily a field edge farm but it's Mm -hmm. the pinch point is a little wide there's a part of it that's wide open and the deer just funnel through that all the time so so you know then i'll hunt a field edge but i'm not i'm not gonna hunt field edges in any type of weather event Usually it's all going to be back into the timber. And I think with a, uh, a weather event, whether it's rain or snow in the month of October, then your access becomes easier and it's going to allow you to get into some of these spots closer to deer movement to take advantage of the potential of a cold front impacting deer movement. Right. If that makes any sense at all. It does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So as we, uh, you know, we're going to have to do a a part one, two, and three. This was really an early season conversation. Next, let's talk about 
imp, weather impacts during the, the, the pre-rut and rut time frame. And then we'll even do a third one where we'll talk about late season weather and things like I love that. It. So uh, in closing, do you have anything else to say about early season cold fronts or how weather hey i tell you what we what we did forget to talk about was heat Mm. extreme heat yeah what are your thoughts and how do you play the extreme heat temperatures the 80s 90s the indian summer type uh yeah um i think for like i said mentioned earlier like when i went to maryland it was just like listen i'm here i got a hunt type Mm -hmm. of ordeal um deer are used to it just get into those where it could be the coolest little pockets you know swampy area type of ordeal uh not fun for us humans but if somewhere where the deer feel most comfortable most safe and cool and got have that shade that's where i kind of focused in on and saw some deer and and saw some sign but you know it was maryland was a little bit different from where when i hunted but here in pennsylvania when it's super hot um you know dan like honestly just because of of being a teacher and having that full-time job i hunt when i can hunt and i just got to deal with it and just try to find those little pockets where it could be the cool and if that means go down to finding the hemlocks going down to these creek bottoms stuff like that and it's a more challenging type of hunt because of the wind the way it swirls a little bit but at that point in time those are the days where i don't really key in on my good main spots it's I might be scouting in a little bit more, finding little pieces of the puzzle of where I could go postseason or a potential rut hunt type mm-hmm. of ordeal. Um, so that's kind of like what I do when it gets to that extreme heat type stuff. I just try to find those creek bottoms, hemlocks, uh, places like that where those deer really want to go to. Yeah. I I'd, I'd honestly, man, I just don't hunt. I go find yeah, I go find go something else to do. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm. I got the fall is really busy anyway with kids sports and things like that. And it really doesn't slow down till the pre-rut time frame anyway. So any type of extreme heat now, again, I, I say that with an asterisk because any time I have a patternable deer, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's on trail camera consistently, I'm going after it. I don't care if it's 85 degrees negative 85 degrees i don't care if it's early season i don't care if it's late season rut pre-rut don't care if it's patterned yeah the weather shouldn't be a a factor in your decision making it should be i have a deer that's patterned i need to go and figure out what the wind is what the wind direction is going to be and then from there uh uh, figure an access route into where this deer is coming from whether whether uh and uh weather shouldn't play a role in that so right anyway I like that um yeah dude i will say this though you know we, we talk about these trump cards all the time about you know hey <laughs> what trumps what as far as deer movement is concerned the rut trumps deer movement breeding season trumps weather right time yeah. of year oh, yeah. trumps weather one of the largest bucks i've ever seen in my life eight pointer no, no joke. He's probably a six, seven-year-old, eight-pointer, 170, clean eight. I got footage of him. He is ridiculously huge. It was 80 degrees, November 5th, I want to say 2012 or 13 or something mm-hmm. like that. Just cruising, three o'clock, yep. in, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just cruising a ridge system. It is... <laughs> 
tongue was yep. out. He like I was in a t shirt. You know, I had just set up this run and gun stand dripping wet, and here he comes. So weather's important, yep. but time of year I feel like is more important. I'm with you a thousand percent on that. I know, you know, the last couple of years, depending on where you're at across the, you know, the globe right now in the United States with where you are for the rut. But I'll tell you what, deer are going to still do what deer do. Right. I mean, it could be, uh, yeah, it might be people are saying, oh, rut activity is only at night and I'm not seeing it during the day and blah, 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 blah. Well, they got to be somewhere during the day. Right. I, I mean, he's not just going to be like, okay, I'm waiting until that sun goes down to go try to find something. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> And, you know, us Northerners, here we are talking about heat. And there's guys in the South that are just laughing at us right now. They're like, you have no idea. Like, I was, I I've been hearing stories about guys, like, just, so we have to deal with a little bit of thorns, right? Mm -hmm. just, just a couple thorns walk into our stand. It's hot. Maybe, maybe depending on if you're around water, we might have to mess around with some mosquitoes. And then I hear these stories about guys from Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, talking about what they have to go through if they want to hunt in October. And I'm just like, uh, no, thank you. No, I know. <laughs> I'll, no. I'll buddy, just wait. I'll just wait. Yeah. So yeah, my buddy Bobby, when he, when he'll, he'll send me a video of like in the middle of the, uh, walking to a location and he's like, there's a gator. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, no, thanks. Yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. No. All right. And rattlesnakes too. Snakes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that now. All right, Jeremy, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week, man. Awesome. Thanks, Dan.